You're listening to the Bonfire Podcast, fanning the flames of the gospel to the ends of the world. Come on, let's dive into the Word. Welcome on into the Bonfire Podcast, everyone. We are so glad that you are joining us again this week for another episode. Uh, if you're tuning in, you're, you're tuning in to the second episode of our Coming King podcast series. And this is uh, the uh, subtitled series, The Lion of Judah, where we're focusing in on the coming uh, Messiah, the second coming. Uh, we, we discussed uh, leading up into Christmas, of course, uh, the first time Jesus came to this earth. And now we're focusing on when he's going to come again. And so we're so glad that you're here and that you found us. Um, we want to give you an invitation that if you would uh, stay here, listen to what we have to say. Go back and listen to some of our other episodes, and if you uh, like what you hear, we encourage you to subscribe. Now, I have to make this uh, you know, request that uh, we know that there's a lot going on in our world right now. There's a lot of uh, political uh, upheaval, and there's a lot of things happening in, in technology um, that uh, put what we do at risk, Dad. And That's so, right. You know, I'm concerned that we have a large viewership that, that listen to our podcast via Facebook. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm not so sure how much longer we're going to be able to put the podcast on Facebook. I hope that we're able to continue. That's right. Um, but with the recent events, with things being censored and taken down, um, I just, I'm just i concerned that that may be the case. And so uh, if you're listening, uh, even if you're not tech savvy, I'd ask you if you have a, a smartphone, um, an iPhone, an Android phone, doesn't matter what it is, if you would go uh, to your podcast. Podcast app. Uh, you should have that on your phone. It's a native app that's on those phones. And you can click on that podcast app. Uh, if you don't know how to get to that, you can ask someone. They can definitely show you. Or you can email us and I'll be glad to help you. And you can type in Bonefire Podcast and you will be able to subscribe and download that directly to your phone. If you do that, that gives us a lot better opportunity of being able to stay in contact with you in the event that our page um, is censored and, ta- and taken down. And we're going to continue to work toward finding alternate avenues to get the message out uh, mm-hmm. despite what's happening around us. So That's right. I just add that plea uh, to, again, if, if you haven't done so already, we ask you to be a subscriber and uh, get that coming directly to your mobile device. Uh, so that you don't miss any of our episodes. Well, if you're a first-time listener, again, I want to thank you for coming. Long-time listeners, again, we always want to show our appreciation to you and uh, just say thank you for for sticking with us and listening uh, over and over again. I'm really excited about the podcast series that we are in. Um, I spent a ton of time uh, just digging in and studying and and preparing. You know, when we start talking about end times and and what happens at the end of age, there's just so much information and so much much resources that you can look at and study. And so what we're trying to do is bring all that in concise format to you. So hopefully you'll find this as a benefit uh, to you. So um, we're going to continue on. And and that uh, today we're going to be continuing that discussion about, again, those events leading up to the end of time. In our last mm-hmm. episode, we looked at the signs uh, that we would see as we neared the end of age. And so we're going to be continuing that. And uh, when we had our last podcast, you introduced to us an analogy that we've been using that's right. going to guide our series, and it was the American football mm-hmm. um, analogy. And so we're going to continue with that today. Last week, we focused in on the pregame activities. And you know, everyone uh, who is familiar with American football know there's pregame activities, there's stretching, there's warm-ups, there's going out and practice passes and practice kicks and all that things uh, that happen right before a football game takes place. And so that was the focus. We were talking about those events leading up uh, to the event. Right now, and in, in this episode, we're going to focus in on the very moments right before the kickoff. Mm-hmm. And in an American football game, right before the ball is kicked, 
and there is a whistle that's blown. That's right. And this whistle is what we're going to be focusing in on today. In the last days, there's going to be a whistle that's going to be blown, Dad. That's right. But it's going to be a very loud whistle. That's right. It's going to be a trumpet blast that yeah. comes from heaven, a shout, a voice uh, that is going to come from the heavens. And that's what we're going to be focusing in on today, that that whistleblow, which is actually going to be the, the rapture of the church. And that's I'm excited right. to talk about that mm-hmm. uh, today. Now, from a scripture standpoint, we're going to be uh, kind of jumping around in, in several different places of Scripture, but our base text that we'll be uh, spending a good bit of our time in is First Thessalonians, and and if you've been listening to our podcast for some time, you know that First Thessalonians four thirteen through eighteen is is probably some of my favorite Scripture. And Dad, you you mentioned that every time you uh, do a funeral, you know this is a text that you read mm-hmm. uh, because it is a text written to comfort us. But there's so much information here that's educational about what's going to happen on that day when the whistle blows or the trumpet blast right. um, there at, at, at the rapture of the church. That's exactly right. So uh, to get us started, I do want to go ahead and just read through uh, that text. And then again, we'll be jumping around to a couple of different places. And so if you got your Bible, we'll be in First Thessalonians uh, chapter 4, starting at verse 13. It says, and this is Paul writing again to the Thessalonians, it says, but do not but I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep. He's talking about those who had died, okay? Because the Thessalonians were obviously ha- had people who had died, and they were wondering what's going to happen to them. Mm-hmm. And so he's he's giving them some information here. It says, "Least you sorrow as others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus." Mm-hmm. Okay. Verse 15, it says, For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. Verse 16, For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, a voice of the archangel, and the trumpet, that trumpet blast of God. And the dead in Christ will rise, and then those who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall be always. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. And so uh, that right there is, again, the basis for what we're going to be talking about today. We're going to be focusing in on the rapture um, of the church. Mm Mm-hmm. And so, Dad, as I as I thought about how we could approach this and help our listeners understand uh, the rapture, uh, I figured we just answer questions. We That's use right. that that uh, format a lot. So, the first question I have is, what is the rapture? Mm-hmm. And as I was thinking about that, I wanted to make sure that we make sure our listeners understand um, our belief is that there's a two part coming to Jesus uh, Jesus's second coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, we believe that there's going to be first. Uh, the first part, which is is what we're referring to today, is is that um, he is going to come in the air, and at that time he will not come all the way to earth, but he will stop somewhere in the atmosphere, and at that time the dead in Christ will rise up, and those who are living and alive and Christians will be called up with him uh, in the air together. That's what we refer to as the rapture. Right. And then the second part of his coming will be the the great final uh, coming of Jesus to this earth. And at that point, he's going to come fully to earth. He's going to lay, lay his feet down on this earth 
um, at the after the end of the tribulation. And at that point, he will destroy the Antichrist. He will lock up the devil, and we will reign with him for a thousand years. And we're going to cover that in more detail in later episodes. But I just want to make sure everyone understands that we're talking about a two-part or two-phase return of Christ. That's right. I heard someone refer to the two phases of Jesus's return, comparing it to a two-act play with a seven-year intermission. And that seven-year intermission would be the tribulation. And we'll be talking more about the tribulation, but that is a time of trouble for the earth, more trouble than the world's ever known before, time of of great evil when the Antichrist will be, will be in control of the governments of the world. And of course, a lot of persecution, but the believer in Christ, we don't believe the believer in Christ will be here because we're going to be raptured, caught up in the air to be with Jesus and take it to heaven and miss this seven years of tribulation. Mm, that's right. You know, Dad, if some of our listeners are, are astute Bible studiers, um, or maybe they flip to the back of their Bible and they look uh, for a concordance or, or anything like that, they may find that the rapture is not there, mm-hmm. the term rapture. And so um, I was wondering if you could help our listeners understand a little bit more about the term rapture and where that comes from. Where well, you you are correct, Matt. Uh, the word rapture is not spoken of in the Bible. It's not used. Uh, now, we're going to consider about the word rapture. Now, because the word rapture is not found in the Bible, some people have a hard time believing in the rapture. But before you discard the doctrine of the rapture, think about this. The Trinity is a commonly accepted belief among Christians, yet the word Trinity is not found in the Bible. For that matter, the word Bible is not used in the Scriptures either, but we refer to God's Word as the Bible. Now, since the word rapture is not found in the Bible, where did we get this word from? And of course, you read the scripture passage a while ago in 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 through 18. Now, the words caught up. Now, those words translated into the Latin in which the Bible was translated into Latin one time is raptus. Now, rapture comes from the Latin word raptus or rapturo, another usage of the word, which in Latin Bibles translates the Greek word harpazo. Now, that Greek word harpazo is used 14 times in the New Testament. And one of the places that it is used is 1 Thessalonians 4, 17, where Paul says, then we who are alive, meaning the church, when Jesus returns in the air for the church, we who or alive and remain, shall be caught up together with them in the clouds. That word or that phrase, caught up, is the words in which we get our word rapture from. And the word rapture comes from the Latin uh, rapturo. Now, the Greek uh, phrase for caught up has various shades of meaning. It means to be carried off by force. Now, I want you to imagine this. Jesus when he gets up from the throne and he descends from heaven down to this earth to come and get his church, to get them out of harm's way before the tribulation begins, we can just imagine that Satan and his demonic hordes may try to keep the church from leaving the earth. You see, Satan wants to kill us. He wants to destroy us. And so he may uh, fight against uh, our Lord and Savior Jesus as he returns for the church. There might be a struggle. Well, if there is, we know who's going to win. It's going to be Jesus. However, I trust that 
that meaning it means to be carried off by force, does not suggest that some of the saints that are alive on earth when Jesus returns for the church will be so attached to the world that they must be literally dragged away. Now, over in the Old Testament, we read about Abraham, his nephew Lot. He went into a wicked city called Sodom, and there he set up shop. You know, he and his wife, uh, they perhaps become a very important part of that town. It was a wicked town, and God decided he was going to destroy Sodom. But before he destroyed Sodom, he sent angels to drag the believers, which was Lot and his family, out. And, of course, he they had to literally, you might say, drag Lot out. His wife didn't even want to leave Sodom, so to speak. You remember, she was told along with Lot, now listen, when you leave the city, don't look back because uh, God doesn't want you to look back. And she looked back, and she was turned into a pillar of salt. Mm. You know, the very thing she should have been when she was in Sodom. Salt. Salt preserves and saves, but she didn't act like salt there as Christians should be today. It means to be carried off by force. Uh, that Greek phrase, uh, harpazo, which is translated caught up, also means to claim for one's own self. Now, this views the rapture from the Lord's point of view. When Jesus comes back in the air, in the clouds, he's coming to claim his bride, uh, the church. It also means rescue from danger. This suggests the church will be taken home before the tribulation begins. And of course, there's plenty of places you might want to look up these references that suggest and tell us, really, more than just suggest, tell us that God is going to spare us from this uh, tribulation that's to come. First Thessalonians 1.10, 1 Thessalonians 5, 9, Revelation 3, 10. Matt referred to those verses a while ago. Uh, it also means this phrase, caught up, or rapture, or harpazo in the Greek. It means to carry to a new place. When Jesus returns uh, from heaven, uh, comes in the clouds for the church, he's going to gather us up, the church, and he's going to take the church home to the Father's house, to heaven. And, of course, uh, Jesus told his disciples, I go to prepare a place for you. And I'll come again and receive you unto myself, that there, that where I am, there you may be also. You know, that's found over in John 14, 1 through 3. So he's coming back to get us and to take us home to heaven, to be with him, to take us to a new place. And that phrase also means to catch away speedily. Now, in 1 Corinthians 15, 52, it says that this uh, return of Jesus and the meaning the rapture of the church when we're called up together to be with the Lord and taking heaven. It's going to happen in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. I'll tell you how fast it's going to happen in 11 one hundredths of a second. It's going to be that fast. I'll tell you something interesting that happened to me, Matt. One time I was visiting this guy that he and his wife had attended our church and filled out a visitor information card. And so I, I looked at that card and I got his address and I went one day and I knocked on his door and he came to the door. Well, you know, a lot of these folks today, including me, we have a... Uh, we have different sounds for when certain people call us on the telephone. I, I, I have the regular sound, but I've been around people that's got different sounds. And as I was talking to this man, all of a sudden, I heard a woo-woo, and that was the, 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 uh, the Sherwood Forest, you know, the Robin Hood. That was the sound of the blowing of the horn, you know, they, you know connected to that old movie. Well, when I heard that sound of the trumpet, 
And I was, wasn't expecting anything like that. I've never heard of anybody having a sound of a trumpet as their ringtone on their phone. When I heard that, I looked up in the sky real quick just to see if Jesus was coming back. <laughs> and I thought to myself, well, uh, I'm glad that wasn't him because I didn't want to miss the rapture. I'm planning on going. But it made me think of the rapture that day. <laughs> you know, that's a great explanation about the rapture. And so, you know, while it's true that the term rapture does not occur in, in most English translations, the doctrine of being caught away or caught up um, of the living believers is clearly present. And so the term rapture of the church is just something that's become kind of the most common phrase that we use, just like some of those others like Trinity and things that you referenced earlier. Now, to, to help all of our listeners, just to recap where we are, we're talking again about the rapture, the calling of the church away, and we're saying that this is the first phase of a two-part uh, coming of the Lord. Now, we're presenting this from a pre-tribulation point of view, and I do want to be clear with our listeners that um, believers are kind of divided o- on this stance. There are people that believe um, a mid-trib um, rapture occurs. There's some people that believe there's a post-tribulation a rapture that occurs, and and kind of all in between. And so what we're presenting is, is what we believe is is what the Bible teaches, uh, according to what the way we've studied it, um, is that the rapture is going to occur pre-tribulation. And Dad, you referenced some of those scriptures. The Bible tells us over and over again uh, that God's people are going to be exempt from the coming wrath of the tri- tribulation. We see that in 1 Thessalonians 1, verses 9 and 10, again in uh, chapter 5, verses 9, and then Revelation 3, verse 10. And the, the entire nature of the tribulation is a period of just pounding judgment against a rebellious world. And, and, and we as believers, as Christians, uh, we, you know, we believe we're going to be exempt from that, and that's why we're we're proposing that this is a pre-tribulation, um, a rapture of the church. If you're having a hard time understanding this, I just was thinking earlier today as I was preparing, I, I like to look at the record, right? Mm-hmm. And I'd say, okay, how, how has this played out in Scripture before? And uh, we know that God is consistent. That's mm-hmm. the one great thing about Him is He's He's always consistent. And there's a good record of what God does when it comes to uh, taking people or removing people prior to judgment. The ones that you mentioned, Dad, you mentioned Lot and his family. They were removed before Sodom and Gomorrah was destroyed. Uh, Enoch, he was raptured before the flood came. And then you have mm-hmm. Noah and his family who were on the ark. They were saved before the entire world was destroyed. That was an act of judgment coming to an, uh, to an evil world. Hey, let me go back to the ark. Yes, there's a literal ark. As a matter of fact, that the remains of that ark are on Mount Ararat in Turkey today. I mean, you look it up and you could find all about it. However, the word ark, that, that ark also was a type of Christ. And so... Before Noah and his family, before God allowed them to experience the the judgment of God upon sinners, they got into the ark, which was a type of Christ, and they were lifted up. The waters lifted them up. Folks, I think that is a great Old Testament illustration of how Christ is going to come, and he's going to gather up the believers on earth waiting for him, lift us up and take us to heaven before the the judgment of God upon sinners falls down upon this earth. That's right. And then the last example that I had was the children of Israel in Egypt. So remember the plagues, right? So there was plagues that came about when Moses was trying to free the people uh, from uh, from Pharaoh and that last plague you know the death plague that came upon um, the uh, the area of Egypt where the Israelites were living 
but they were exempt from that if they put blood over the doorpost. That's why they celebrate the Passover is that right. event where the angel of death passed over them. Um, and again, just showing that there was um, a protection uh, from the wrath of God for those who were his chosen people. And so that's why we believe strongly of a pre-tribulation rapture. And, uh, you know, again, you could argue it a different way, but I feel like there's enough evidence there that says that's exactly what should happen. And when you try to put it anywhere else, then the scriptures kind of fall apart and things would kind of come disjointed there. Mm-hmm. You know, Matt, uh, I think one place we need to, where we need to look to find out God's plan would be the book that was specifically written to tell us about the end times, the book of Revelation, the last book of the Bible. Now, the common New Testament term for church is used 19 times in Revelation chapter 1, verse through chapter 3, which deals with the historical church of the first century. Now, the word church is not used again in the book of Revelation until Revelation chapter 22, verse 16, where John, the apostle, returns to address the first century church. So the word church in the book of Revelation is not found beginning chapter 4 all the way through chapter 18 and also Revelation chapter 22, verse 16, when it's specifically mentioned once again. Most interesting is the fact that nowhere during the tribulation period is the term church used in reference to believers on earth in the book of Revelation. Now, I'm reading from the uh, popular encyclopedia of Bible prophecy, and I, I don't think I could say it any better, so I'm just going to read it straight from there. It says, if the church were to experience the tribulation, the 70th week of Daniel chapter 9, then surely the most detailed study of tribulation events, which would be the book of Revelation, would include instructions for the church, but it doesn't. The only explanation for this frequent mention of the church in Revelation chapter 1 through 3 and total absence absence of the church on earth until Revelation 22:16 is a pre-tribulation rapture which will relocate the church from earth to heaven prior to the tribulation when God will pour out his wrath upon sinful man. That's exactly right. And so, again, as you can see here, we're presenting this pre-tribulation rapture picture, and, and, and we hope that that's beginning to make sense to you. And and we're going to move on and talk a little bit more about the rapture and hopefully put all this together for you. And so the, the next question that obviously we need to address that is what's going to happen in the rapture. And so mm-hmm. I really want us to, to kind of dissect apart our, our base text, which is First Thessalonians, again, chapter 4, to talk about what's going to happen, the, the kind of sequence of event that's going to happen uh, during the rapture. And so uh, as I was kind of writing these down, the first thing that came to me is there's going to be a noise. Right. There's going to be a loud noise. Uh-huh. There's going to be uh, a three-part sound that's going to happen as a singular event. There's going to be a shout a voice, and a trumpet. Uh, it's going to be a shout of the Lord. There's going to be the voice of the archangel, and there's going to be the trumpet of the Lord that's going to blast all at the same time. And so there's going to be this this noise. And, you know, I, I can imagine for people all across the world, uh, it, it's going to be a confusing event. But what's going to be interesting, and I think is most important, is that for uh, his people, his chosen people, Christians, you and I, believers, uh, it's not going to be misunderstood. They're going to know exactly what the message is when they hear their father's voice saying, come on, it's time to go. Uh, they're going to know exactly what's going on. Although there could be mass chaos around us, uh, those who are believers are going to understand when they when they hear that voice. And, you know, I was thinking about the, the shout and, and what that was going to be and, and, and how it would occur. And, you know, I went back and I, and I thought about 
uh, obviously the next thing that's going to happen is the the dead in Christ are going to rise. And so mm-hmm. I got to thinking about the story of Lazarus, right? And and so uh, Jesus spoke. He called his name, said, Lazarus, come forth. And then out of the grave come Lazarus. He, he was, I always envisioned him kind of hopping because it said he was still in his grave clothes, right? right. Mm-hmm. He was still mu- kind of mummified, if you will. And so I can just see this voice calling out to all of those dead in Christ to rise up. And that's going to be the voice of Jesus calling us home. And so uh, that that's going to be an amazing event. So there's going to be a noise. That's verse 16 there in our text. And we see that Christ is also in verse 16 going to descend. And he's going to be coming in the clouds. Again, we said that he's not going to come all the way to earth. He's not going to land his feet here on, on, on this earth, but he's going to be there in the sky. And with that call, the dead in Christ um, are going to to rise. And so that's verse 16, the second part of that, that uh, those are going to be first, those dead in, dead in Christ. Now, the thing about dead in Christ, uh, I think the piece that we need to talk about there is that that's the, the church age uh, rapture. That's people who are dead in Christ are the New Testament Christians that have passed away. Right. The Old Testament saints are not going to rise. Correct. Right. They're mm-hmm. they're not in Christ, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there's going to be a resurrection for them right. uh, that will happen, and we'll get to that as we get la- into later episodes. But for this, this is the church aid rapture. So it's going to be those New Testament Christians who uh, have their faith in Christ uh, for their salvation. They're going to, to rise is going to be the first thing that's going to happen. Now, I just want you to think about that. Think about um, all through uh, the world, there's graves uh, where these Christians are laying, and at a moment's time, they're all going to come forth from those graves. Now, are the graves going to bust open? I don't know, uh, but I just can envision that there's this just mass movement of people heading toward the sky. It's going to be an amazing event mm-hmm. uh, to see. Now, the, the next thing that's going to happen, we see in verse 17, is that we who are alive, that we are going to rise. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to be brought up into the air, and we're going to be with with Christ, and then those uh, who have gone on before us, and then we ourselves are going to be there. And then the next thing that I saw that, that's going to happen is that we will be changed. And we're going to, we're going to flip over to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and look at verse 51 here. It says, Behold, I tell you a mystery. I like the fact that this is called a mystery. Mm-hmm. And it's called uh, the rapture and, and the second coming of Christ is called a mystery in a couple places in the Bible. Uh, but, but this, again, Paul talking to the Corinthians here. says, Behold, I tell you a mystery, that we shall not all sleep. That means that we're not all going to die, but we shall all be changed in a moment, in a twinkling of the eye at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, and the dead in Christ shall rise incorruptible, and shall be changed. And so we're going to be changed, Dad. That's referring to um, our new glorious bodies that we're going mm-hmm. to receive. Right. And so we're going to be made just like Christ is made. We're not going to have the limitations of our mortal bodies. We're going to be made immortal, as we see in verse 53 uh, there, as we're going to be changed over to this new glorified body. We're going to get a body that's suited for heaven. That's exactly and right. We're going to get a body that is suited for eternity. Our our body is never going to wear out. Uh, it'll never get old. Boy, uh, in a land where we'll never grow old. That's a song. That's an old hymn. And I remember years ago when I started out pastoring, uh, every now and then some old saint would request that their family have someone to sing that song in a land where we'll never grow old and where we'll never die. Isn't that something? We'll have a glorious body likened to the body of Jesus. I believe it's going to be a body suited for interstellar travel. I mean, uh, we've seen some, I've seen some pretty sights here. You and I years ago went to 
the Grand Canyon, and uh, that's beautiful. But, uh, hey, that's nothing compared to what we're going to see and what we're going to enjoy in our new body and, and all that God's created for us in the future. Yeah, it's going to be amazing. And I want to look closely here at verse uh, 53. And again, this is uh, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 53. It says, For this in, uh, sorry, this corruptible must put on incorruptible, and this mortal must put on immortality. And so again there, I just love that uh, description of, of corruptible versus incorruptible. Uh, right now, we are in a corruptible body. Our body degrades, as you said. It, it, right. it falls apart. It has ailments, and, and it is susceptible to sin. And our new body is going to be incorruptible. It's not going to fall apart. It's not going to age. It's not going to wear. And then most, probably the the best thing is we're not going to be susceptible to sin because there'll be no sin right. uh, in our new glorious body. And then immortal becomes uh, mortal, or mortal becomes immortal rather. And so right now we are all mortal. We're we're, we're bound by time. Uh, each of us are going to. Uh, our body is going to stop working at some point in time, mm-hmm. but thankfully the resurrection is going to come, and and those of us who are mortal will be turned immortal at that time. I just I love that explanation there. Then I want us to look at verse fifty four. Goes on to say, so when the corruptible puts on the incorruptible, and this mortal puts on the uh, uh, immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, the death is swallowed up in victory. And so at that point, that is when we have victory over death. Mm-hmm. Um, verse 54 there is, is no longer do we have to worry about death, no longer do we have to worry about dying. All of that's going to fade away. We'll be in that immortal body living with Jesus forever um, at that point in time. And then the next thing that's going to happen is that we're going to be reunited, and that's going to put us back over in Thessalonians. Uh, that's verse 17 there. Where we, we've we've discussed this verse on the podcast, um, we actually discussed it during our Heaven podcast series, uh, Heaven Is, mm-hmm. uh, and this is one of the the piece that brings us so much comfort. Um, you know, Dad, I went to a funeral today of a good friend, and uh, he was a believer, and and just as these verses say, I mean, it, it's such a comfort to know that. Uh, I'm going to see that friend again one day. I'm going to right. meet him in the air. Um, if I live to, to Jesus comes back, I'm going to be caught up in the air and I'll see him there. Or whether I, I die, I'm still going to be meeting him there in the air. So there's going to be this great reunion that's going to occur. Uh, families are going to be reunited there in the air. Loved ones that you haven't seen in so long will be brought back together. Um, lost children uh, that maybe have died early, you're going to be caught up together uh, with each other. And so it's just going to be this great homecoming. Mm-hmm. event that's going to be in the sky. You know, as as Baptists, we we typically have a homecoming service uh, every year, and I've always enjoyed that that service each year because uh, the intent is to have people that have, have moved away from the community or, you know, have been uh, put in different places, you know, kind of come back home, whether that's from college or whether that's just from moving uh, away, and they all come back to the church uh, for that one special service every that's year. Right. And it's so good to see people that you haven't seen in a long time. And I, I think about how special that is, and just magnify that times a million yeah. is going to be what that uh, reunion is going to be there in the sky as we get to meet and see other people uh, that we haven't seen in a long time. 
most importantly, though, in all of that, Jesus is going to be there. That's exactly right. And so, yeah, I'm going to be excited to see uh, friends that I've lost and loved ones that I've lost, but I'm going to be excited to see Jesus right there in the air. And, you know, I, I love old hymns, it's dad. And uh, one of the old hymns that I've been thinking about a lot recently is what a day that will be, mm-hmm. right? You know, what a day that will be when my Jesus I shall see, when I look upon his face, the one who saved me by his grace. Um, those words are just so beautiful. And I, and I think it's going to be a glorious day when yeah. when I look on, on Jesus' face and I can see him and I can see the one who paid the price for my sin, despite how bad I've been, despite how uh, unworthy I am, um, he still came and he paid a price for me and I get to see him and I get to thank him and I get to fall at his feet and worship him. It's going to be a great experience uh, there when we have that reunion in the air. You know, the other thing that I, I see mm-hmm. that's going to happen is, uh, you know, we're going to be with with the Lord forever. Uh, mm-hmm. Verse 18, basically, uh, verse 17, uh, second part of that, and verse 18 refers to we're going to be with him forever. We're going to be Bye. able to to spend eternity with our Savior, which is going to be just a, just a great experience. That's right. You know, for the believer in Christ, when we have a Christian loved one to pass away, you know, the words uh, are more or less... Uh, good night instead of goodbye, because we'll see him in the morning. We're going to mm-hmm. be gathered with the Lord Jesus Christ and with our loved ones in heaven, and we'll get to spend eternity with them. And that's comforting right there. That's comforting yeah. to know. That's why he says, therefore, comfort one another with these words. That's that's exactly right. I, I like the fact that many times, you know, death in the Bible is referred to sleep, right? It's always falling asleep. Um, because truly the the body is is falling asleep, the spirit is alive and well. That's right. And it's going on to the the afterlife, and then that body will be reunited with that spirit come that that time where Jesus comes back here at the rapture. That's exactly um, right. And so it's just going to be a a glorious a glorious day, uh, a glorious day for believers. Mm-hmm. And so you know we've been talking about the positives of of the rapture, Dad, and and uh, and really I want to focus on that because you know we're talking to probably a lot of believers, um, but we probably have some non-believers out there that are listening to us. And and so we have to kind of paint the picture of what will it be like on that day for those who were left behind? Oh, man. And can, can you imagine um, the chaos, the confusion, the panic in the world? I just, just, just think about this. There, at a moment's notice, there are going to be cars without drivers. Mm-hmm. There are going to be airplanes without pilots. That's right. There's going to be boats without captains. There's going to be classrooms without teachers. There's going to be operating rooms without doctors. Oh, yeah. Mm. There's going to be uh, just uh, all of these people are going to be gone in a, no, no, a moment's notice. And, and, and um, you know, I've seen different people who try to recreate the, the rapture. And, you know, you see piles of clothes everywhere. We don't know exactly what it's going to be like. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I can just imagine the absence of these people massive number across the world is just going to cause just a, a, a panic and a chaos to break out across the world. And I, I, I sat there and as I was studying today, I thought, what are people going to be saying? Mm-hmm. What What's going to be on the the nightly news? Mm-hmm. What What is going to be the, the explanation or the justification for what happened today mm-hmm. when all of these people have gone missing? You know, I think about uh, the days after 9-11, um, uh, that that's a, a a very dark day in our history mm-hmm. uh, when the the terrorist attack happened there in New York City, and uh, I just the the image I remember is people standing there with signs, mm-hmm. and, and they had signs with their loved ones. You know, have you seen you know my sister? Have you seen my father? Have you seen my 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 relative? Right. And when I saw that, uh, even then, I thought 
just for a moment, is that what it's going to be like? Yeah. You know, are there going to be these people that are, are looking for their loved ones because they've gone missing right? all of a sudden and not understand the, the, the gravity of what's happened and, and, and what's going on at that time? Well, you know, I think all of that's going to feed into the emergence of the Antichrist. I think we're all headed, we all know that we're headed to a one-world government. I mean, our country today, socialism's being pushed upon us, socialism's being pushed on countries all around the world, and we're all going to come together in and, and, uh, and one-world one government. But when the rapture takes place and all these people are missing, there's so much uh, confusion, it's so chaotic. Uh, the, the people left on the earth, they're going to be asking, what's going to happen next? What's going to happen next? Why is this taking place? And then they're going to be looking for someone to pull them all together. And then that one person, that satanic Superman, the Antichrist that's been prophesied, is going to emerge. Now, he's probably already going to be a leader somewhere, perhaps in the European Union, but he's going to emerge to the top of the pack. And he's going to uh, capture people's attention. He is going to console them. He's going to give them some answers. And, of course, there are going to be false answers as to what's happened to all these people. And, uh, and folks are going to listen to him because they're looking for somebody to take charge. That's exactly right. I, I, I agree with you 100% that this is going to be uh, – it's going to create the perfect environment for that uh, Antichrist, that, that world leader, to, to come on the scene. You know, the old adage in politics is you never let a good crisis go to waste. And I can't think of a bigger crisis than having millions upon millions of people disappear at a moment's notice uh, or a twinkling of the eye uh, for, for there not to cause just mass chaos. Um, there's going to be world leaders uh, that maybe were Christians that are going to be gone. Right. Um, and so there's going to be people of power that are no longer there. And so there's going to be this void or vacuum that's going to be created and that's going to set up just the perfect environment for the the evil one, the Antichrist, to come on the scene and say, everyone calm down. I've got this under control. I've got a path forward for us. You know, you and I were talking about it uh, before the podcast began, that when the rapture takes place and the church goes up in the air to be with Jesus, well, the Holy Spirit's still going to be on earth operating, for there will be people that will be saved during the tribulation, but his restraining force will not be uh, used at that time to restrain evil. He's going to allow evil to take to, to take its full course. And you just can imagine today, even in the United States government, we have some senators, we have some congressmen that are standing for what is right and are and keeping our country right now from just totally going off the deep end. And you know we're headed to go off the deep end right now. But just imagine all of these congressional seats that's held by. Uh, the Christians, uh, they're going to be empty. There's going to be no one that's going to stop uh, this this surge toward an evil empire and uh, toward uh, the Antichrist being in control. Yeah, that's exactly right, Dad. And so, you know, as I was thinking about our, our next thing that we need to answer is when is this going to occur? I know many people are wanting to know when. And, and if you listen to our first episode, you got the answer already. You know, the Bible clearly says that no one knows the exact hour or time or day that this will occur. Um, and in fact, uh, the Bible says that he's going to come like a thief in the night and that no one's going to know um, exactly when he's going to, to occur or when this is going to occur. I think the, the most important thing there is to know that he could come at any moment, mm -hmm. you know, but because of our belief of a pre-trib uh, rapture, 
this is the next thing on the prophetic timetable to happen is, is the rapture. And it could happen today. It could happen tomorrow. Um, it could happen before even able to have an opportunity to release this podcast That's right. that you're listening to right now is, is it could happen at any time, but there's no way for us to put a date or a time on it. And I would encourage you that if you're ever listening to someone that is telling you they know the day or time or hour or when things are going to occur, please don't listen to them because the Bible clearly says that no one knows, not even the angels of heaven know when this is going to to occur. And so the when, we don't know, uh, but we should be looking and, and longing and waiting for it to happen at any time. And that the next question that came to mind is, you know, what happens if I miss the rapture? You know, we've been focused in on on the believers and, and just kind of the glorious day that we're going to have. And then we started talking about how, you know, it's not going to be a glorious day for everyone. There's going to mm-hmm. be a lot of uh, terrible things that happen um, following the rapture. And so what happens to a person who has missed the rapture? Well, I think the one of the most notable things to understand is that you will have to go through the tribulation. Right. And we're going to be talking about the tribulation in detail in our coming episodes, and so you'll learn more about that. But just at a high level, I will tell you that it's hard to put into words how bad it's going to be. If you think that the world and the evilness of, of what we're dealing with in today's time is bad, um, you haven't seen anything yet. To, That's to the, right. the violence and the and uh, just the, the lewdness and, and the lawlessness that's going to be poured out upon the world as uh, God brings judgment to an unrighteous world. Um, and that's something that if you can avoid, you should. You, you should try at every cost to avoid having to go through the tribulation. The other thing that I wanted to share with you guys comes out of Second Thessalonians uh, chapter 2, verses 9 uh, through 12, and I'll read that to you. It says, The coming of the lawless one, referring to the Antichrist, is according to the working of Satan, with all power, signs, and lying wonders. And with all unrighteous deception among those who perish, because they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. And for this reason, God will send them strong delusion that they should believe the lie, that they may all be condemned who do not believe the truth, but uh, had the pleasure of unrighteousness. And so, you know, these verses um, here tell us just a little bit about what's going to happen. This world leader that we refer to as the Antichrist is going to come on the scene. And and this world leader is not just your ordinary man. This this world leader is going to have uh, the backing and the power of Satan uh, working uh, in and through him. Mm-hmm. And so he's going to be able to do miracles or signs, if you will. Uh, he's going to be able to to uh, make things happen that uh, no ordinary person can make happen. And because of, of what the Bible says here, that there's going to be this strong delusion that's, that's out there, it's going to be very, very hard for someone who's living through the tribulation uh, to make it to a belief in Christ. Mm-hmm. You and I strongly believe that the Bible teaches he doesn't want anyone to perish right. and that he his will is that all would be saved. And so we believe it's going to be possible. But just think about the, the persecution. And uh, if, if you're in the tribulation and you're choosing to believe in Christ, you probably just chose to die. Mm-hmm. Is, is the way the nature of, of the tribulation is going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's going to be something that's that's very, very hard and traumatic um, experience to go through the tribulation. And so, again, if you're listening to my voice right now, the rapture hasn't occurred. Mm-hmm. And so you got an opportunity uh, to get ready before it comes. And that's what we're going to encourage you to do mm-hmm. uh, here in just a moment. And, Dad, the, the next thing um, as we begin to kind of wrap up that I want to talk about is what does this mean for us? You know, we we know that the rapture is coming. We know that 
from our understanding of the prophetic timelines, this is the next thing to occur. Mm -hmm. We have Israel set as a country. We have um, all of those kind of pieces lining together uh, there at the the start. Um, all the 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 chess pieces are on the board, and That's it's just right. waiting for that for God really just to put the game in motion. Mm -hmm. And so the rapture is the next thing to occur. And so with that being known, we as believers need to be focused in on a few things. We need to be learning of His coming. Mm -hmm. We need to understand. Um, the the book of Revelation, we need to understand end time prophecy. I know for the longest time, um, as I was a young Christian, I didn't touch the book of Revelation because I was afraid of it because I tried reading it a couple times and and I just couldn't understand it. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, and so I just kind of put that off. Uh, same thing with Daniel, book heavily of prophecy. And so uh, that was something that I kind of put off. And so um, now I'm making it an effort to go back and to study and to learn and to read and to understand and also to pray and ask the Holy Spirit to guide and give me discernment as I, as I understand mm -hmm. what's going to happen in these end times because it's so important for us to understand that so that we can communicate it to others right? and that we can tell them that, hey, he's coming back and you need to get ready. Mm -hmm. um, the other thing that we need to do is we should be we should live for his coming. If there's an opportunity that God could come back at any moment in time, then we should make sure that every moment that we're breathing, mm -hmm. that we are in a manner that would be suitable for his return. That's right. We need to be working toward uh, his kingdom. We need to be doing things that bring him glory. We need to be focused in. I mean, I, I would just hate to, to have uh, the Lord of Lords, Kings of Kings come back and to find me doing something that was a waste of my time. That's right. Or that wasn't pleasing to him. Right. You know, the Bible teaches us that we need to redeem uh, the time, make the best use of our time. I had a, a young man that came uh, to my office and talked with me uh, just uh, a while back, and he let me know that he had just, in so many words, rededicated his life to Jesus and that uh, he he felt like that it was going to be soon, perhaps, when Jesus returns. And he wanted to do more for God. He wanted to redeem the time, to make the best use of his time. And he came and he said, hey, help me. I'm looking for you to guide me. Tell me some things I can do right now. Hey, that's the attitude we all need. That's, that's exactly right. And, Dad, as you were talking, um, I got to thinking about this tape measure that I have in my my Bible. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, it, obviously, we're not a video podcast, and so you can't see it, but it's a paper tape measure that I have folded. And um, I got this when I was on a mission trip, and, and uh, the exercise that was done is is this tape measure represented our life. And so we had to tear off our age on one end, and then we had to tear off over on this other end what the average uh, kind of uh, life expectancy is for a male or a female. And and so we have this length of, of time here, and it's basically was telling us, hey, what are you doing with the length of time that you have? It was a good observation. And one of the things that I, that I was thinking about is uh, kind of similar to that young man is mm -hmm. I, I look at my life and the times that I was idle, that mm -hmm. I didn't spend uh, in God's Word, or I didn't spend time uh, trying to reach other people, and um, I'm saddened by that. 
And mm-hmm. so as we get now into what I believe is the end times, I feel like everyone probably has a similar story. There's times in your life where you were not as dedicated as you were supposed to be. Mm-hmm. You were not witnessing like you were supposed to be. You were not sharing the love of Christ every opportunity that you got. Um, now is the time because he's coming back and we need to be taking every moment uh, to share and to tell other people. And as you said, to redeem the the, the times um, that we're in. And so uh, he is coming back. We need to be living uh, for his coming. The next thing I thought about is we should be looking for his coming. Uh, we should be ready at any time. Uh, we should have that that uh, sense about us that any day could be the day that, that he comes back, kind of like you in the hearing the trumpet blast uh, there when you were making that visit. Uh, but a part of that looking is also, again, telling others and, and getting the word out that, hey, Jesus is coming back. Um, now is the time that you need to get your life right. And uh, sharing, all of us have uh, probably people that are in our families that don't know Jesus. We have people who are neighbors, who are um, uh, colleagues at our work, uh, people that we go to school with who don't know Jesus. And if you're a Christian, you've got the greatest news that has ever been provided. Why in the world would you keep it to yourself? You That's know, right. Now is the time to share it with them as you look to the coming of, of, of Christ. And then the last thing I saw, Dad, is that we should long for his coming. Mm-hmm. You know, and and longing for his coming uh, for for the longest time, I didn't really understand that. And I've gotten to a point in my life now. I don't know if it's my maturity level and uh, as a Christian, or whether it's just me getting older in years. But I've decided that there is nothing in this world that I want more than to to be with Jesus. You know, right. I, you know, I'm I'm good. He can come back today. He can come back at this very moment. I'll be fine with it. Um, and I've made it a part of my daily uh, prayer process. And 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 as I'm just talking to God every morning, I tell him, I say, hey, this would be a good day for you to come back. Uh, and I, I'm longing for the day when he will come and he will uh, rid this world of, of evil and uh, rid this body, this flesh um, of its evilness and its uh, corruptibleness uh, that we, we heard there in Second Corinthians and will be made incorruptible and, and immoral. I'm longing for that day. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I think that that's all as Christians we should we should long for the day. You never want to get to the point where you're, you 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 love the world and your life so much that you would rather have that than than Christ's return. That's right. a kind of a gut check if that's the case for you. That's right. That's right. Well, Dad, um, as we get ready to wrap up here, the the last thing, and this is probably the most important thing, um, when we talk about the theology and and uh, all the study of the end times and particularly of the rapture. If you heard nothing else, this is the one point that you'll want to keep in mind. The most important theological point of the rapture is be ready, mm-hmm. be ready. And so I want to ask all of our listeners today that uh, are you rapture ready? Um, are you ready for that trumpet to blast, the voice to, to come from heaven, the shout uh, to occur, and for you to be caught up in the sky? Or, or are you not ready? Have you not um, made the appropriate arrangements to get your name in the Lamb's Book of Life? Have you not given your life over uh, to uh, your Lord and Savior, as your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? If you haven't done that, we want to give you an opportunity to do that uh, today. Today is the day of salvation, the Bible says. Um, there is no better date, there is no better time uh, than right now. And so, uh, you know, the devil, he'll try and tell you that today's not a good day. Right. He'll, he'll try to tell you that um, you know, you need to get some things straight in, in yourself uh, before you you go to God, because you don't want to go to God with with all that that you got, all that baggage you got. You need to you need to clean yourself up a little bit before you go. And 
uh, that's not the case. You know, God wants you just as you are. He wants you to come with the baggage. He wants you to bring it all to him. And when you come, he's going to say, give me the bags. And you're going to be able to take all those bags off and he's going to throw those to the side and he's going to say, those are no more. Uh, You've been forgiven. Um, You're under grace. Uh, The shed blood of Jesus Christ is sufficient for all of that baggage Mm -hmm. and you're taken care of. It's a very simple, simple process that you just place your faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You confess that you're a sinner. You repent from those sins. You turn and you try to live for him each and every day. There's two great commands in the Bible. God tells us love God and love one another. Mm -hmm. You know, people try to make it very complicated in terms of what does it mean to be a Christian, but uh, Jesus made it very clear that those are the, the primary things to get up every morning to love God and love each other. I think we can all do that. Let me tell you something right there, Matt. I went to a funeral of a good friend last week, and me and another good friend who's a pastor uh, preached our friend's funeral. And the pastor of that particular church where our friend was buried, he was an older gentleman. He's about probably at least 87 years old, and he didn't have a part in the service, but uh, he was there. And I made mention to him, I said, man, uh, Max, you don't look like you're 87 years old. He said, well, I almost died twice. He said, I, I came close to death. And and, I, and what he was meaning was it was as if the Lord spoke to him, are you ready to go? And and there he was, this old man. He was laying there, and, and he felt like the Lord was asking him, are you ready to go? And he said, in all honesty to God, I told God no because I don't love you with my whole heart, mind, and soul like I'm supposed to, Lord. And about a week later, he said, I felt like the Lord was coming to me and asking me, are you ready to go? And he said, I know, Lord, come to think about it. I, I don't love my neighbor like myself. See, that's what you was talking about. Mm-hmm. I want to tell you right now, uh, when Jesus comes back, you're going, if you're a child of God, whether you're ready to go or not. And it's best to go ahead and get ready to go, start loving God with your whole heart, mind, and soul, and start loving your neighbor as yourself and start doing it right now. That's exactly right. And so we want to encourage all of you today um, that if you haven't made that decision in Christ, we want you to do that today. Um, and it's a very, again, simple process of outline there. If you have questions or want to know more, you can reach out to us um, by our social media platforms, or you can send us an email directly, bonefireministries at gmail.com, and we will get in touch with you, and we will help you uh, get that decision um, made. Uh, please don't don't put it off till tomorrow, because tomorrow may be too late. Um, right. He may, he may have come back um, at that time. And so, um, Dad, this has been a great study, uh, studying the rapture. It's a lot of information. Uh, a lot of heavy information, but I just hope that all of our listeners uh, will will take what we've said here, take it to heart, um, let it be of encouragement to those who are believers um, that uh, we have an exit strategy, mm-hmm. um, a plan to get out of this world and get out of this mess that we're in. Um, but those who are not believers, uh, that there is a path for them uh, to be part of this glorious day. And it's just a, a simple process to give their life over uh, and let Jesus come and be the Lord and Savior of their life. You know, Matt, you said a while ago that the devil will tell you not today. If uh, if you feel like God's convicting you of your sin and you know you need to turn away from your sin and put your trust in Jesus as the only way to go to heaven and what he did on the cross to pay the penalty for your sins and receive him as Lord, if you know you need to do that, the devil said not today, you know, uh, straighten up some things. 
Well, that's what the devil says. But uh, when you were talking a while ago, uh, God spoke to my heart, I believe, and reminded me of what the Bible says. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. Mm -hmm. The Bible says not today. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. The Bible says, seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Mm -hmm. And if uh, God's Holy Spirit speaking to you and uh, wooing you and drawing you to turn away from your old sins and receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior and ready your heart, uh, you know, He's given you an opportunity now. Take advantage of that opportunity because tomorrow you might not have that opportunity. That's exactly right. Well, as we close this podcast, I'll leave you this. He's coming back. He's coming back soon, and you you need to be ready. Dad, will you pray us out of here? Yeah. Our Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for giving us the opportunity to talk to uh, so many people uh, through this podcast ministry and to tell them that Jesus is coming back. Now, Lord, my prayer is if there are or those out there listening to this podcast that are not Christians, they've not turned away from their sin and committed their life to live for Jesus. I pray that they'll go to prayer right now, believing that you hear our prayers. They'll ask you to forgive them of their sins. They will ask you to uh, come and live inside of them and take control of their life. They'll tell you, Lord, that they're going to uh, live for you. You're going to be their Lord, and you accept them, and, and they accept you as Savior. I pray they'll... Pray that prayer right now to invite Jesus into their heart and life. And for those Christians that are not as committed to you as they should be, they're not loving you with their whole heart, mind, and soul, help them to realize, Lord, today's the day to start doing that. Because when Jesus comes in the rapture, there's not going to be any time to do that on earth. Our days on earth is going to be over. Start doing it right now. I pray that there will be Christians that will rededicate their life to Jesus uh, as a result of you speaking to them, Lord, through your word, through this podcast today. And Lord, I pray that you'd allow us to hear from these people that make decisions for Jesus, whether to be saved or rededicate their life. Lord, that would be such an encouragement to us just to hear from somebody, Lord, that says, yes, God spoke to me today. It'll let us know, Lord, that our ministry is not in vain. And we're trusting that it cannot be in vain because we believe, Lord, uh, that wherever your word goes forth, it's, it's, going to, it's going to accomplish its purpose. And we ask that all of this, O oh Lord, in Jesus' name, and we love you. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Bonfire Podcast. We encourage you to subscribe wherever you stream your podcast content. Also, be sure to rate us on iTunes and Facebook so that others will know about the podcast. If you have a question that you'd like to see us address on an episode, feel free to email us at bonfireministries at gmail.com.